We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. Користуючись нагодою, ми хотіли б подякувати нашим слухачам в Україні та боротьбі, які вони щодня проходять, щоб залишитися живими. Ми і романтична правда з вами і кожен з вас у наших молитвах. Продовжуйте боротися і залишайтеся сильними. Ви розумієте, що російський слушатель може бути не в стані відкрито заявити про себе в умовах нинішнього кризису. Поймите, що нападіння на Україну не оправдано і народні фашисти гибнуть жінки і діти. Вам угод державної СМІ. Hi everyone, Jason with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Hope everything is going well. All right. Um want to just shout out to the Ukrainian listeners. Hey, we still support you. Always will. Can't wait until things are resolved so that you get back to your homeland. And hopefully this won't ever happen again. I'm just hoping that we can get everybody back safe. And that Russia finally comes to its sense. Well, no, not Russia. I won't even deface the Russian people by saying that. Putin decides to come in and get in his right mind and quit lying to the people in Russia about what's going on in Ukraine. That's sickening. That turns my stomach. But there's a reason why U.S. foreign policy is the way it is. Because Think what would have happened if we would have trusted him. If you're Russian, you listen to my show. I appreciate you. Now, I know a lot of you can't communicate freely because of what's going on over there with the lockdown on state television. Trust me, we have Fox News over here in the United States, so <laughs> I pity you. But here's the thing I will say. They said it first. What I will say is this. You're an intelligent population there in Russia. You can see through the smoking mirrors. Even though I know some of you have to comport yourself so that you won't get arrested or get taken away. I get it. You got to kind of go along to get along. Just keep in mind one thing though. Only one man is causing all these problems. This is not a call to action by no stretch. But what I'm saying is this. You look at the history of your nation. You've gone through the Romanovs. You went through the Bolsheviks with uh, Lenin. Then you had Stalin. Then you had the invasion from Germany. Well, you had to push them back. Then you had the Soviet Union. When have you ever had 
pure democracy where you could vote for someone where you could actually have free enterprise where you can be free as a people I want you to think about that you never had that in your history okay I'm off my soapbox now let me get to the show ladies and gentlemen Today we're going to talk about, of all things, issues when it comes to finding a partner. Setbacks, drawbacks, faux pas, a lot of things in regards to it. Stay tuned, we'll be back in just a moment. In today's episode of How Fucked Up is Fucked Up, Wife number one is going out of town to deal with a family issue, and wife number two has apparently gone to a Viking festival or something. I, 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 I don't know. That was one of the moments when I wasn't listening well. In any event, that leaves me at the house by myself all weekend long. Last time this happened, I might have thrown away some craft items that had been in a closet for two years and untouched. And the time before that, I took it upon myself to clean out junk from the house that we didn't need. Both of these instances went very poorly for me. Very poorly indeed. But they happened anyway. Now having accomplished all of that on previous out-of-town trips, I don't know what to do on this trip. I need suggestions on what no man should do that I shall do. I await your suggestions in the comments section. Hi everyone, in the background you will hear a dog by the name of King. He's a puppy and he's uh, going through the stages of teething and learning how to poop and pee. He doesn't know he's a puppy yet. But let's continue folks. What we're having to deal with today is something that people don't like to really point out. What am I talking about? I'm talking about individuals that know it all. This is one element that we face a lot when it comes to relationships, when it comes to dating. The problem that we have with this is that you may date someone who has this disposition. They're going to improvise on the answers that they don't know because they want to be right. They want to be the authority. But what it comes down to, folks, it comes down to they're trying to protect their low self-esteem. Again, I always tell you, What happens is that is something that's like a drug addiction. They have to feed it. If they don't feed that low self-esteem God, then what happens, it may mean emotional ruin for them. This is why they're so vehement when they look at trying to protect those feelings. So they don't care whether they're wrong, whether the answer is incorrect, whether they're lying, whether the facts don't pertain to the situation you're talking about, the whole goal is to be right. That's the big thing. Now, 
in that same vein, you have some people that seek righteousness on a regular basis. And what I mean by that is they want to be the authority of morality. So everything you do is inferior, it's wrong, it's ungodly, and therefore you are the person that are constantly trying to make amends to this individual that has some sort of uh, decency about themselves. But it's all superficial, it's all projected, it's all nonsense. Because the reality of it is, these individuals are trying to hide their insecurity in that manner by pointing the finger at others and trying to be more authoritarian. What they've actually done is made things better for themselves and worse for themselves in the same vein. They have no self-respect for the most part, but they do this in order to project an image of themselves that doesn't exist. And so what eventually happens is when the person's found out and told exactly where they measure up on the food chain, they have issues. And then they become victims. Then they complain about being picked on, when in actuality, they were the bully. This is a common thing that people will do. Emotional displacement. You may find yourselves in relationships with people like this. It's not that they're bad people. It's that they have bad ways of controlling the behavior. Because you have to remember, it starts with character. Then it goes to behavior, then it goes to situation, then it comes to results. They're all interrelated and they're interlinked. There's no deviation from either of them. So we have to look at this from that perspective. Now... One other thing too, Marsha wrote me about a certain situation she was facing. I'm not gonna go into detail because she asked me to keep it confidential, but just to give you a brief overview, she's been married for 16 years and they have two children. And the problem right now is that Marsha's husband has been giving her a lot of excuses which means that she has de he has deprioritized de her as anyone in a relationship. When you start receiving excuses in a relationship, that means that the person has a priority on someone else or something else. Something else has taken precedence over you. She's trying to figure out what it is. He's more elusive. He's not around as much. It could be another person. It could be an addiction. It could be a habit. But the one thing to keep in mind, whatever it is, it's not with Marsha. And it varies. But people are very defensive when it comes down to their insecurities and, and very defensive when it comes down to their addictions. Those are two things people will always protect, no matter what. No matter how much they love you, no how, how much they care. Because what they expect you to do is to accept those situations regardless. No matter how fucked up their situation is, they expect you to accept it. And they get upset with you if you don't. That's the way it goes. Men and women do this a lot. Because they're so used to being dysfunctional by themselves that when they go out into the world, they expect someone to accept it. And they never look introspectively at, hey, who the fuck's going to accept this if I bring it out in the world? They don't look at it that way. They look at it as if society is supposed to accept because what we've decided to do in our society as a whole 
is have this philosophy of universal acceptance, which does not exist. It's something we would like to exist in our orbit, but it does not exist at all. People still have their preferences. They still have their prejudices. People can still discriminate based on certain things. It could be based on the most minute thing. Eye color, hair color, race. It could be background. It could be criminal history. It could be sexual orientation. However, you have some people out there that think you're supposed to accept them no matter what. And they're supposed to like you no matter what. And this is what keeps a lot of people in a perpetual state of dating. Because they're not accepted by a person. I'm going to find that person's going to accept everything about me. But in the same vein, there are a lot of people who will accept, who expect to be accepted on that premise, but will discriminate from their perspective. And this is what makes it so difficult for them. And people don't like talking about those things. So, Marsha, if you're listening, one thing that I will tell you is this. Prepare for the worst. You could try counseling. I doubt if that's going to help at this point. Because when a person becomes very deceptive, they already feel as though I need to minimize the amount of contact I have with my partner. Because at this point, I know I've already done something wrong. And the worst thing I can do is to go and show my face too much and actually be held accountable. Because see, one thing you have to understand, the lack of accountability works to the advantage of the person that's irresponsible. They have no reason to be responsible because they always have an excuse and they always have someone to blame. That's the key, that's how they exist. And they have to find someone that's codependent like they are. They have to find someone that's going to really support them, an enabler. And they will go on and they may have multiple relationships and swear up and down that every relationship was bad. However, they never looked introspectively and said, you know what, I fucked up by choosing the wrong person along the way. They would never do that because, see, they're so busy projecting what the person did to them and not what they did to themselves by choosing that individual. It happens. Things that we don't like talking about or dealing with. I told you folks, this show is based on that. Because, see, the thing you have to understand is not about point and blame, because people will always use shame, blame, and guilt to get anything they want from you. They will always use that. And when someone does that, it's condescending and it's disrespectful. And you shouldn't have to accept that. So as soon as they start that thing and you know you've done the right thing, drop their asses, don't deal with them. You don't need them. You move on to someone else. You move on. You don't even have to move on to someone else. You just move on in life. Because the only thing those people are going to do is keep you feeling sorry for them and make you feel as though you have to do something to make things right by them. And it's not even about that. A lot of times what it's about is they want control. As I've told you, the hardest thing in your life to do is control your own destiny. You have all kinds of influences. You have education. You have religion. You have military. You have every other politics. You name it. Somebody's trying to get a stake of control in your life. 
And if you're so confused, you're going to wind up with all these people pulling at you and you're not going to know who the hell you are, what direction you're going in, and you're going to take on responsibilities that are not even yours. And before it's over with, you're going to start taking on other people's responsibilities and chores that you don't have to. And you become more or less a receptacle of other people's shit. Now, the only reason why I talk about this is because this is what the gist of many of your emails are about. You're complaining about taking on problems that other people have and then they're becoming your problems, like a handoff. And some folks do that deliberately. They go through life like that because that's how they exist. As I've always told you, with any dating site, no matter what dating site it is, you're looking for emotionally unavailable people. And that's it. Because there's something going on with everybody on those. And many of you find different things that may work, may not work. And you write in about things like this. Why is someone so, so hard to get to? Why does it take so long for them to text me back? All these other things. But you have to realize, the person that you're meeting, many of them are not altering their lifestyle for you. That is their lifestyle. That's the way they live. What they're saying is, get with the program or get lost. Because they don't feel as though you're worth changing for or modifying your behavior because you haven't earned that right yet as they see it in their lives. Some people are married, been married 20 years, still haven't earned that right for that individual in the relationship to change for them. And they're not going to change. They have to change for themselves. And that's what you have to realize. And that's the hardest change ever. Because people who change voluntarily for their own benefit are the people that actually change for the better for the most part. But those that try to force it onto their partner, they're going to be disappointed because what happens, they usually do this temporarily just to appease. And a lot of times it's just to get out of the relationship. The woman who's abused, she tries to walk on eggshells until she gets into a better position where she can get the hell out of the house and not worry about it anymore. Then the man's thinking that she's going to change. She's going to be more submissive. No, she's trying to get her ass out of there. Trying to survive. And it makes sense. And this is the way, unfortunately, a lot of women have to exist in order to get out of those types of relationships. And some men. But one thing I will always tell you, if nothing else, if you don't get anything out of this particular segment, one thing I want you to get out of it is this. No one's entitled to fuck your life up. Remember that. In some ways, you're not even entitled to do it yourself, even though many of you do. You always have options. One thing you have to understand, the lower you think you are on the totem pole of self-esteem, the fewer options you perceive yourself to have. When you start making up excuses about why you can't do things, what you really have to look at is how low you think of yourself. It's kind of interesting 
because I watched uh, one study on uh, psychology today recently. It was an article written back on the 22nd of March, 2022. And this one psychologist brought up something that was very interesting about how people who are successful perceive more options and are desensitized to those who have low self-esteem who perceive that they only have fewer options. Because what usually happens with people with lower self-esteem, they take their options away because it's more of an emotional punishment that they give themselves as opposed to the people who are more successful. So the more successful person will look at their options as a benefit and a person with lower self-esteem will look at their options as more of a detriment. And they're more comfortable in some cases in being in a situation where they're always got their back against the wall. And the reason for that, it's all habitual. After they've learned this habit of being like the struggle in the African-American community. You look at it, the majority of blacks are not struggling. The reason why they come up with the struggle is supposed to be like this identity of this bond for the most part. Struggling consists of people like living in the South without windows, being on a farm, having to till the land. Not too many people struggling in that regard. Most of them in inner cities now. Many of them have the opportunity to go to college. They don't want to pursue it because they don't have the will. Resources are there. So when you talk about struggle, people will use this as a means to use you. Think about how many wealthy people talk about how difficult it's being black. And half of them, the only time they have to be discriminated against, they're in certain environments where they probably shouldn't be. But for the most part, think about it. They live in areas where they wouldn't allow you in as another black person. And yet they talk about a struggle. It's hypocritical. Cognitive dissonance is something else. The only thing I can tell you folks is this. Use your filters. Like I told you. Before any relationship starts, you have four questions. Four question categories I talk about in the first uh, few podcasts. You want to know who are you? What's your purpose? Strengths and weaknesses? And what are your intentions? Those are the four category of questions anybody will ask you for a job interview. If you're going into a major university, they're going to ask you those questions. And you should have those questions for someone coming into your life. Because in that way, that person should be able to define themselves without having to tell you about what they own, drive, or live in. They should be able to tell you about themselves, their personality, and everything else. When it comes down to purpose, what drives them? What keeps them going? They should have a definitive answer on that. When it comes down to strengths and weaknesses, anybody that says they don't have any weaknesses is a liar, and that person right off the bat is not good for you. That's a toxic individual for the most part. More than likely narcissistic associated with it. The last one. What are your intentions? What are your future goals? If they don't have any plans, you don't need them. Plain and simple, those people will keep you going in circles for the rest of your life. Sidetracked on other shit that doesn't even pertain to your existence. 
you wind up driving in a Winnebago around the United States or doing something stupid, where you wind up later on in life asking yourself, how did I get here with nothing? Because you could have done that all by yourself. Well, I want you folks to take care. What's one question you hate being asked? Do you eat ass? Well, not on the first date. I got to get to know you better. I mean, once I know you, I toss all kinds of salads. As long as it ain't got no raisins, no croutons, or no bacon bits in it, we good. What you call me over here for? Oh, hey, see, chill, man. Look, hey, I got something for you. I, I know how you can find a man. You know, you know oh, you got me a man? I ain't got you no fucking man, but you know I've been picking at you, but you know you're smelling out. I don't mean to. I can't no help man. myself. I told you yeah, that. Do, 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 I, I got some, some, some of that dimpin' natural shit. You ain't heard about that? No. Hey, you, you need to go look up on this. I want to It'll help me. Hell, you fuck. it help your odor. Cause I know I was talking to, talk to your homegirl. And she was like, Why you keep on, my she won't bring it up. She won't bring it up. No, nah, I think you did. I ain't bringing that up. She won't bring it up. But she was saying, about, about you can't get rid of that smell. And they said, you don't win. You had STD. You got rid of all that. It's still there. I know. You got some of that shit, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm getting that. You're going to need some more. Look, can you give me some? Yeah, yeah, look, I'm telling you, well, I ain't better get you nothing. You don't like to pay, you got to pay for this shit. I ain't got no money right now. Well, I, I ain't got nothing to do with it. Like I said, I'm telling you about it. If you don't go, if you don't go get it, that means you want to be stank. You want to be funky, man. That's I'm getting money. I'm getting money. Maybe I better get me a man. Hi, everyone. Johnson back with the Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Uh, I'm going to read Belinda's email. And she is out of Gaithersburg, Maryland. And here's the following. I've listened to your podcast and some things I can take from it, some things I can leave behind. I'm 47 years old and done with the marriage thing. I've had enough. I've walked away. I'm finally divorced. My kids were upset about it, but to help with them, they're going to have to deal with whatever I meet out from now on. My husband was a cheater as expected and I admit I've had some bad things happen in my past because I cheated on him first long story care not to go into it here's my problem I met a guy on Bumble and right now he's very very elusive we went out on our first date and unfortunately now he's telling me that I have to meet all of these criteria before the second date what are those criteria? I need to change my dress. I need to dye my hair. He went down a whole list of things. I personally don't think it's worth it, but I am considering it. It might make me look a little bit more glamorous. What are your thoughts about this? I would really love to know. Belinda, Gaithersburg, Maryland. Belinda, I don't think you need to do a damn thing for him. Fuck him. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, not literally, don't please don't fuck. But what I am saying though is this: if he's criticizing you and telling you what you need to do for yourself, don't fall into the habit of criticizing him and telling him what he needs to do for himself, right? Because what he's trying to do now, he is trying to establish dominance. In other words, if he gets you to do this, then what he's going to do is stroke his chest and say, "Okay, now I got her to do that. Let me get her to do this." 
you don't do that. He's too new. He does not deserve the right to tell you what to do. I know he wants to go and probably show you off like you're some showpiece. That's not your job. You've been through this before. You were married to this kind of situation. What you have to remember in this case, what he is doing to you is marginalizing you so that he can groom you to have more control. So what needs to happen in this situation for the most part is for you to be yourself. Stand your ground. If you want to voluntarily make yourself up or whatever, that's fine. But it should not be done on a demand, a demanding situation or a compromising situation based on him. Because you're entirely too new in that relationship to allow him to push you like that. Don't do it, I'm telling you. And I tell fellas this all the time with women. Because what happens is, once they do that, they feel as though they have to do nothing. And then you'll start getting weighted in an 80-20 relationship. And when that happens, you're really throwing your life away and time. So, just stick, look, just stick to who you are. Don't waste your time trying to be the appeaser. I know you want the relationship to work or whatever. You don't know this guy. He's still a stranger. That's all you ladies. Half of you are going out with guys. You're letting them pick you up. And you don't know where the guy's going to take you on your first date. You don't know if he's a serial killer or not. Rule of thumb, find your own transportation for your first date. I'm just telling. Especially because many of you ladies are going out meeting people, especially in the hinterlands and so forth. And you don't know anything about these guys. You know, the one lady that wrote in that I told you about, and I read her email, where she had gone out on a date with the guy, and then after the date, after he had fed her and everything, he takes her down a gravel road, unzips his pants, pulls out his penis, and expects her to go down on it on the first date. She didn't know this guy. She gets out of the car. He makes a U-turn. She goes down a road that takes her home and she has to walk that dark road with no street lights for five miles no shoes on she had to put her heels under her arm anybody could have taken advantage of this woman along that stroll home and of course that showed that the man cared little if anything about this woman's safety or welfare but what he didn't realize was that had something happened to her they would have gotten in for negligence in some capacity. They would have definitely found a way to do that. So he would have done jail time anyway. Even if it was been for a shorter period of time, he would have still been stuck with that. So you have to watch that. And fellas, if you don't know that, you have to look out for the welfare of the individual in your care when you're with them. That's the reason why some of you guys are driving around on dates with no car insurance. You're the biggest fool ever. You have an accident, she gets injured, she owns your ass for the rest of your life. I know some of you try to save money doing that shit. Where you go from insurance company to insurance company, pay one month, and then go one month without, and then go to somebody else. Playing that insurance game. Be very careful with that. Because you have an accident and you're uninsured and you got somebody else in the car and they get injured. It's on you. Even if someone else hits you they're going to go for the low hanging fruit 
Now, let's talk about a couple of other things. Fellas, depending on the state you're in, and it's pertaining to Frank's email, and I'm not going to read it because it's too damn long, but what it comes down to, if you cohabitate with a woman and the child is below the age of consent, in certain states, you can be held liable just like the mother. What I mean is for the welfare of the child. Take, for instance, if you live in Oklahoma, which is a commonwealth, a common law state, and you choose to cohabitate for more than a year. She goes to court because you guys are breaking up and tells the judge that you have provided food and shelter for that child. She could possibly get a judgment in her favor saying that you have provided the wherewithals just like a father for that child. And you could get stuck with continuing to provide for that child even though that child isn't yours. In Tennessee, this is very evident. And you could have DNA tests to even prove that you're not the father and still be stuck on child support until that child is grown. And I think people took DNA as being the magic bullet to save you. It only saves you in civil law states like California, Nevada. But when you start talking about common law states, it's different. And God help you if you're in Louisiana. You may want to check with a lawyer down there because you have common law and Napoleonic law. So, choose your poison. You want to be careful on that, for sure. Because a lot of you guys have written in about this. I always tell you to consult a professional don't go with your gut feeling. Don't ask, don't ask your Aunt Marla. Don't ask your cousin Jeff. Go to a professional, someone that does it professionally. That's your best option. See, the worst kind of advice to get is that advice from good intended people that really don't know what the hell they're doing. They're just doing it out of feeling. They're doing it out of self-aggrandizement. Don't allow yourself to get into that point. Because as you know, anyone who listens to the show that have been listening for since 2019, you know what my philosophy is. At the end of the show, I'll give you a disclaimer and tell you to go to a professional. Plain and simple. Because it makes no sense sitting up there messing your life up, messing your money up, when you need to have something taken care of by a professional. Whether it's medical, legal, whatever. Alright. Now... Quentin wrote in an email and I didn't get a chance to read it all the way through because it was kind of garbled at the end. So, sir, if you're listening, if you could resend it, I would be more than glad to try to get it on there and talk about it and see what we can work through with you. All right. Another topic that um, people wanted me to talk about, and I think Linda was the one that wrote in about this, sent me the clip of the video, and I saw it. Will Smith and Chris Rock last night at the Oscars. She wanted to know my opinion of this. My opinion is that, first of all, I think Chris should have done his research in regards to finding out why Jada Pinkett had a bald head. It had to do with alopecia. 
Nothing short of it. Now, I'll admit, I'm tired of hearing about Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. I'm tired of hearing about Kanye and Kim. I'm tired of hearing about any of these couples because of the fact that, let's face it, they're getting older now. So their marketability is in question, right? Will Smith finally won an Academy Award for Best Actor. I think personally the Academy should have given it back to him, to him way back when he made seven pounds. But you know how the Academy is. They take their time. But one thing that we have to look at, the last two times black people have gotten awards on the Oscar, including this one, it's been an embarrassment. Monique gets up there, tells Tyler Perry, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, and Lee Daniels to suck her dick. And now you have this incident last night where Will Smith comes up to get his Oscar from Chris Rock and he slaps it. If you notice, they had to cut the audio and the tape because there was some cussing that went along and they didn't know how it would happen. Now, I'll give Chris Rock credit for recovering and trying to do the PR move in order to act like it was nothing, to not upset the audience. Now, after the incident, Lee Daniels and um, I think Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels, I believe, I'm not quite sure if Lee Daniels was there, but Denzel Washington was there, pulled him to the side and talked him down. Apparently, Will might wouldn't have been wanted to escalate the situation. He could have handled that much better. He could have really made Chris Rock look like a fool instead of going and doing what he did. Because now he looks like the bad guy. He could have just told him, you know, the joke was totally inappropriate. My wife has alopecia. So when you talk about her being a G.I. Jane, she's a G.I. Jane every day by surviving. Now, here's the thing. Now that this has happened, what do you think they're going to expect from the next black person that gets Academy Award? Same damn thing. So even though with all this money, they still feel the stereotype. They still feel the stereotype. Folks, if you don't get anything out of this, one thing I want you to understand. When you get to a level where you think you can still behave the way you did at home, in public like this, this is where there's a problem. Every other ethnicity and group comport themselves for the environment. If somebody has beef, what do they usually do in Hollywood? They call TMZ or they call the press and they give their side of the story. Now he's got to realize, Will Smith, that his fans have stuck with him even though Sony treated him like shit and used to call him horrible names. When the Academy shunned him 
because they didn't think he was good enough. They didn't think he was talented enough. We knew that he was the up-and-coming next Larry Fishburne. Sidney Poitier would roll over in his grave if he saw what happened the other night. That's my opinion of it. Like it or not, I really don't give a tinker's damn in West Hill on a Sunday morning it would snow. That's the way it goes. Now, before I close out, I want to give a shout out to 32% of the international listening audience. Well, 32% of our listening audience in general in Gaboni, Botswana. We have about 1% of our listening audience out of Germany and about 65% of our listening audience out of the United States with about 61% of them coming from Las Vegas. And I thank you folks here in Vegas for supporting, but we are now in about, I think, 50 countries and every state in the union. We're getting um, a lot of love from you guys. Really appreciate that. So keep the emails coming in, romancereferee at gmail.com. You could always go to the Facebook page that we have, facebook.com backslash romantic truth. You can also go listen to the podcast on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, etc., etc. Thanks once again. Take care, folks. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.